Daily presented by BetMGM with the Joes and Aaron Hawksworth on the BetQL Network. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, right here on the BetQL Network. Joe O, Joe G, Aaron Hawksworth with you on a Wednesday, presented as always by BetMGM. Joining us right now, let's continue the World Series discussion, Sean Zerillo of the Action Network. He joins us on the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix is a revolutionary technology helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more. Sean, it's a fun World Series matchup, a team you've been on from the beginning, the Phillies, a team everyone obviously respects a lot in the Astros. Sean, before we get into the particulars of the matchup, um, what kind of gap do you think is there actually between the two teams? Because the regular season and the big picture numbers would say it's a pretty big one. Yet you look at their records since like the beginning of June. Philly's season kind of changed then. And it's still Astros, but it's it's a smaller gap. How big of a gap do you think there is between the Astros and the Phillies? So games one and two, and then presumably five and six when you have both Zach Wheeler and Aaron Noah starting one each of the games, I don't think there's a significant gap. You know, the gap between Noah and Verlander, Will and Verlander, not that substantial. I'd probably rate the other as being better than Frober Valdez. It's when you get into your Ranger Suarez having to start a lefty against the Astros in general. They were the number one team against left-handed pitching down the stretch. And that is the biggest advantage that you will find with their offensive splits. Both teams are better against lefties, but when the Astros get the left-handed starter, which presumably would be Suarez, and I would imagine Bailey Falter will not start a game in the series, that's where their biggest advantage is going to come. And that would presumably be the game seven matchup as well. So games three, four, and seven are big Astros favored games for me relative to their home field. Obviously they're on the road in games three and four, but essentially I would only favor the Phillies probably one game in the series being game five or six when they're at home or on the road with either Noah or Wheeler starting. Uh, that's just where the pitching matchup is going to be closest for me, or they potentially have the advantage lately in game five would be where they're favored. But, you know, the, the bullpen certainly leans to Houston. The defense leans to Houston. But the Phillies over the course of the season certainly improved their defensive rating. They had, I believe, the lowest defensive run save total for a team to ever make the World Series. But in the second half of the year, the guys they had added up the middle – sort of cleaned up their defense and got them to rating as a below or a, a slightly above average defense, a scratch defense, a neutral team at that point. And that's where I've been rating them in the playoffs. So unless you hit the ball to the quarter outfielders and get Schwarber or Castellanos involved, they don't have too many concerns about their defense. Alex Bohm has gotten a lot better at the hot corner as well. It comes down to that third and fourth starter. It comes down to the splits against left-handed pitching, but I would favor the Phillies against righties in terms of take their offense. And it's a slight advantage for Houston's bullpen. But in terms of where I projected the series price, I have it at about minus 150. I made the Astros 59.9%. So I think there is value on the Phillies series price. And especially before game one, like I said, when you get their top two starters going. And if they could find a way to avoid uh, throwing the baseball to Reese Hoskins, that that could also be helpful. Like you, you mentioned the corner outfielders. I'm like, yeah, well, there was that Segura play too, and it was one play, but that was bothersome for a few moments until he got a big hit. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a little concerned about it. Um, I do find it amusing, though, when you hear so many predictions, 4-0, 4-1. Like they, people weren't impressed with what, this Phillies run that we're watching. They're not even getting their just due, it feels like. Uh, pushing your futures to the side, length of series. What, what is the most likely outcome here? 
Are we going to get a, a six or seven games? Or like many people are saying, are you expecting a shorter series? Yeah, I have it going six games 32% of the time, seven games 31% of the time. So certainly weight it more to a longer series than a shorter series. I don't see any value really in betting the exact number of games prop. I didn't see any value in that market. It's over four and a half games if you want to lay a ton of juice at minus 700. I made that closer to minus 740. I would normally want something closer to minus 615 if I was going to eat that much juice. But the the value bets in terms of the series props, aside from the series money line for the Phillies, their minus one and a half games prop at around plus 270, I think, is worth betting. You know, if they're going to win the series, if you want to increase where their series win probability occurs, it's within the first six games when you have Willer and Noller starting twice each. I think that is not a bad way to play them because if they are going to win the series, it's likely to occur in those first six games and getting to a game seven and having to throw probably Ranger Suarez again. The plus one and a half games, I don't mind either at around minus 135. I have that projected at minus 144, so you could actually play it up a touch higher. And then the plus two and a half game spread as well. You would have to lay around minus 330 to bet it, but made it around minus 335. So the minus one and a half, the plus one and a half on the Phillies, I think are solid ways to play it. I think this should be a longer series, particularly with Noah and Wheeler. I'm going to keep saying it, but getting the start four out of the first six games for them, it's hard to imagine them not winning at least one game, if not two. Sean, um, looking big picture um, for the World Series, is there a cast of characters, uh, you know, a player that you think could be really impressive that you'd be looking to bet on where there might be some value to step up, whether it's MVP or, you know, to lead the World Series in home runs, something like that, someone that people might not be thinking of? Yeah, so I gave out Jorge Soler for MVP at 41 last year, and I was really happy with that just because of the fact that he was hitting leadoff or sometimes cleanup and was priced so drastically higher than his other teammates around him in the lineup. I don't see as many of those players this year. It seems like most of the players are priced appropriately. I will say that since the first 14 World Series, where 12 out of the first 14 MVPs were pitchers, hitters have won the award about 70% of the time. And usually as a pitcher, you need to either start three games or start two and then pitch once in relief. That's sort of that Madison Bumgarner role in order to win the MVP award. So Verlander and then whoever the Phillies game one starter is, I think have to be under radar for MVP. But in terms of downboard guys who I think have a chance who are going to play consistently, Yuli Gurriel of the Astros, I bet him for MVP as well last year in the World Series. Around the same number, I got on base hours oh, no. in the playoffs. I know he struggled in the regular season, his, his, but historically, he is a guy that hits both lefties and righties well, succeeds against all pitch types. He's going to play every day, hit around six in that order, so he should have plenty of RBI opportunities in the middle of that lineup as well, and tends to put the ball in play too, which we talked about with this Phillies team. They get a lot of strikeouts with their pitchers, but if you can put the ball in play against them, you can certainly hurt them. On the Phillies side, Nick Castellanos is 40 to 1. I brought him up throughout the postseason. He's just, he continues to strike me as a guy. I know he hasn't had a big postseason yet. He strikes me as a guy, though, who is going to have a moment. And I know he signed that big contract. He's been hated on throughout the year. I just, my gut tells me he's going to have a big moment at some point in these playoffs. It hasn't happened yet. Maybe it happens in the World Series. And it gets in the award at 40 to one, hitting fifth or sixth in that order every day. 
that's not a bad price considering the playing time. And then Alec Baum hitting right beside him in that lineup at 50-1. to Also hasn't had an amazing postseason, but he did have a streak at one point this year where he absolutely caught fire for about two months, got his batting average way up. Seems like he had a long hitting streak in there. So it seems like a guy who could get it hot, playing some solid defense in the playoffs as well, which has really helped them with some balls hit down the line. But Alec Baum certainly has the bat to ball skills. Just neither Castellanos or Baum are hitting that well in the playoffs where Gurriel is. But 40 to 1, 50 to 1, and then 28 to 1 for Gurriel, I think are all solid prices for guys who are going to hit in each of the games of the series. Sean, is there any difference for you in how the Phillies order one and two? It seems like uh, the news is coming out as we speak. They're going to go Aaron Nola game one, Zach Wheeler game two. It gives Wheeler a little extra rest after starting on Sunday. Nola's ready on a lot of rest because he um, he has a pitch this last Wednesday uh, over in, in San Diego at the beginning of the NLCS. Does that make a difference for you? So it would be Nola one and five, and then Wheeler two and six. I suppose that would line up Nola if if we get to a game seven that maybe he could give them an inning. Is there any difference for you, Nola, Wheeler, uh, and the order they pitch? Coming into the playoffs, I projected Nola as the better pitcher. Now we've seen the velocity for both sort of tick up at the end of the year here. And where Wheeler's velocity is sitting now is very comparable to where it was last year. So I'd rate them as pretty similar pitchers at this point. I think it just comes down to, for the Phillies, who they would prefer to use out of the bullpen in relief in a Game 7 scenario. And I guess for them it means Wheeler, they, they trust Noah a little bit more coming out of the bullpen with Wheeler having some injury problems earlier in the year. And with the wheel, the way they've had to push Wheeler in these playoffs as well, maybe they're just a bit concerned about arm fatigue, dead arm as we get towards the end of the season and keeping them healthy on that contract going forward. You know, you, you do have a makeup of a team who looks like they could be competitive, not only this year, but going forward as well. So don't certainly don't want to injure Zach Wheeler in the, in the uh, world series here, but yeah, I think that's just the team preference for who can pitch out of relief in game seven. But as I mentioned, in terms of targeting MVPs, I would certainly be taking Noah over Wheeler. It seemed like the odds were leaning that direction, but if you see any, places where he is mispriced relative to Wheeler, I would certainly target him there. I wanted to follow up uh, with your, your MVP looks. Love them because uh, we talked about, where I talked about Guriel at 30 to one as well. So, and that makes a lot of sense. On the Astros side, um, do you think cheating stuff is going to hurt certain players with these uh, human MLB voters? Are they, are they going to eliminate any players that were involved with the Astros before? Did that come into play for you at all? And then a couple super long shots in the Philly side that we threw out there, just if, if you have any thoughts on it. Uh, we talked about Segura, 66 to 1. <laughs> you just ride the wave with him. He's uh, made some mistakes, but also come through in the clutch as well. And Joe G made an interesting case for Brandon Marsh and his defense and his history against these Astros starters. Uh, any thoughts on those players for MVP? Yeah, Segura was the guy I looked at, too. Uh, you know, I'm just a big fan of Gene Segura. I think I had him in a fantasy league when he broke out, like, his rookie year or his second year in the big leagues. And assuming the Phillies do win the World Series here, I will be putting a Gene Segura item in my background going forward. So, mean Gene, <laughs> certainly, fan favorite of mine. Uh, I don't mind it. He just happens to be hitting behind the two guys I mentioned. He's seventh, so he's just going to get slightly fewer at-bats. Obviously, love mm-hmm. his bat-to-ball skills has certainly, you know, has the speed to steal some bags as well, if need be. So I, I really don't mind this girl look, just not a guy I ended up playing. I also took a look at Bryson Stott at about 100 to 1, 150 to 1. My concern there with both him and Marsh 
is that they may get subbed out in games two and six if they're facing Trumper Valdez and don't want them going against the lefty. We've seen that throughout the playoffs. No guarantee that it's going to continue to happen, but I'd say more likely than not, Stott and Marsh likely to play, you know, four out of seven, five out of the seven games of the series than they are to play all seven. So that's the only reason just came down to playing time. But Segura, I think of those three, certainly the best look. Sean, um, pitching-wise for the Astros, is there a weak point? I mean, I was looking at their pitching staff yesterday. It's unbelievable. Like, every pitching staff in the, every team has that underbelly, right? You, that guy comes in, you're like, uh-oh, could be a problem here. The Phillies have avoided their underbelly. They keep using the best five or six guys as much as they can, which is a smart strategy in the postseason. Do the Astros have one? Do you see a weakness in their pitching staff? No, I'd say the only thing is that they don't have a left-handed relief pitcher. And they've done that before. They used Will Harris as their reverse splits righty guy uh, in the past in the World Series. So they have pulled it off before without a lefty. That's just something that concerns me, especially going against this lineup that has Bryce Harper in the middle of it. The lefties at the bottom of the lineup when they're facing right-handed pitching. So the matchups, making sure that, you know, their guys who have performed well against lefties continue to do so is obviously going to be key for them, not having a left-handed pitcher. But that always just gives me some pause. But, no, I mean, this, this pitching staff is extremely deep. McCullers is a guy I've been on in the past to win Cy Young. Christian Javier, probably going to be one, one of my favorite down-ballot Cy Young picks for next year. So, I mean, the starting pitching is just unbelievable, especially compared to what they brought into the World Series last year. There's really no weak spots on this Houston team at all. But that doesn't mean that I don't think the Phillies have a chance in the series. Any other gambling angles that uh, you wanted to mention? Are you going to be looking at totals in these games? Are you going to be more of first five or full game with, with the Phillies bullpen involved? Anything else that you wanted to add? So if the Phillies are able to split the first two games at a minimum, you will get a better price on the Astros series price after game two than you were getting pre-series, even though – the pitching for the Phillies is way worse in games three and four than it was in one and two. Still going home, tied 1-1, chance to take the series at home in those next three games, you will get a better price. So targeting an Astros series price at a better number after game two than you're getting right now, I think is a fine mm-hmm. look, particularly if you have Phillies futures and you're looking to hedge. I think you could even go Phillies, you know, series bet before game one or game two if they lose game one and then look for an Astros bet before game three at a better number and try to get in on both sides of it potentially plus money. So that's how I would target it is Astros after game two. I think that might be the best angle heading into the series, but then certainly, you know, the, the pre-series props Phillies in six Phillies plus one and a half minus one and a half. Those are my favorite ways to bet it right now. I gave out my MVP picks beyond that, the game one money line, assuming it's Noah, as we talked about, I would bet that at about plus 141 or better. That's roughly where I put my projection. So I think the Phillies look closer to the value side on the game one money line. The total seems about right at six and a half. Great stuff, Sean. We appreciate you hopping on. Enjoy the World Series. We'll be catching up soon. Sean Zarillo from the Action Network and the GetMyPhoenix.com guest line. The Phoenix, a revolutionary technology, helping men all across America get back to their best in the bedroom. Visit GetMyPhoenix.com to learn more lightning bets up next on the BetQL Network.